right, welcome in. It is a special edition of R.J. Bell's Dream Preview, the college basketball edition. I'm A.J. Hoffman, joined as always by Griffin Warner. Griffin, how are we? I'm doing great. Broke out of the apartment today. Beautiful weather here in Dallas before it hits 108 degrees. Uh, got to listen to the Indiana uh, Michigan game on the radio because I was walking around for a while. Um, not sure teams in the Big Ten want to win games. Really not sure about anything. Yeah, I had the worst weekend betting I've had all season, uh, which is always fun. Uh, best bet loser. I broke I had like a six six pod win streak for best bet winners with Delaware. Uh, the magical. If you foul when you're up three, what can go wrong? It never loses. Well, it lost enough to send Delaware to overtime where they won and did not cover. Um, so, yeah, uh, it was one of those weekends. I had an offer on Saturday, complete disaster. So trying to uh, trying to see things a little more clearly is the goal for the rest of the season. Nowhere uh, to go but up, AJ. And uh, I got to say, Saturdays have been brutal. Um, it, they I have feel been. like I've I, had more offers on Saturdays than I have on Mondays. And I there's only like one bet I make on Mondays. I fought really hard to, to dig out of a hole I was in. And it's, it's been a grind, grind, grind. And then to have a day like that just kind of... Uh, swept the legs out from under me. So back to the drawing board for these conference tournaments. What we're going to do here is go through the power conferences and and just kind of take a look at the brackets and see what we think of as far as who's going to win the tournament, who may have some value just based on their number. Um, so let's go ahead and get started. And let's start in the ACC, a down ACC. And that is probably evidenced by the odds. Uh, if I told you that the Duke Blue Devils are the favorite to win the <laughs> ACC tournament at plus 280, Ooh. Virginia is three to one. Um, they are the two seed. By the way, Duke, if I didn't mention, is the four seed. Uh, Miami, the one seed, is the third favorite at plus 340. North Carolina, who is the seventh seed, is the fourth favorite at plus 600. Clemson, plus 600. Uh, everybody else greater than 12 to 1. If there's anybody that you're wanting to know about, you let me know and I'll, I'll throw a number at you. Uh, but the ACC bracket is set up for the top four seeds to have uh, the double buy. Um, and they are they're, they're already in the quarterfinals. Everybody else scrapping to get there. And obviously these games are of great importance to teams like North Carolina who are probably again after that duke game probably on the wrong side of the bubble north carolina will need to make a run uh i guess i'll just i'll ask you straight up is is there anybody who's jumping out to you as like a, a team that you could see making some noise in this tournament so i'm actually really pumped about this episode like i this is one of my favorite things to do um i think first i want to talk about who i think is already a lock for the tournament because i do think that that might, I don't think anyone's giving up and not trying to win the conference tournament, but we do see a lot of teams that like kind of an early exit's not a bad thing if you're already in. Uh, Miami's in, Duke is in, Virginia is in. Those are the one, four, and two seeds. Clemson, the three seed, I don't think they're in. I do think Pittsburgh, the five, is in, as well as North Carolina State, the six. Um, UNC's got a fight, and it's crazy to hear them the fourth most likely to win, especially because they have to go through Virginia after they win a game um, and then go through either a Clemson, North Carolina state, or maybe even a Virginia tech um, Virginia tech won the tournament last year. I feel like they were really good to start the season, uh, especially ACC play and then got uh, Hunter Couture injured and, and really had, have never really recovered. Um, I think they're of the first day teams by far the most likely to have a shot. Uh, the problem is they got to go through NC state next, which is I think going to be a really tough matchup for them though NC State is clearly not perfect. Um, I think like it's really hard to look past the teams that are get like getting a double buy here. Um, I do think if you're in conference tournament pools and you get a you get points per for the seed, I think Duke's gonna be on everyone's uh list, unfortunately, as a four seed. Um, problem is I do like Pittsburgh a little bit if they're a three-point shooting team, they're hot in this weekend event at in Greensboro, North Carolina. Problem is they gotta play Duke, which is gonna be a road game. And then they got to go through Miami, who I think is one of the best teams that doesn't really get enough respect. 
Um, in terms of odds to win it, a lot of times rolling over parlays is is probably the better way to do it if you can avoid there's not a huge upset and, and you weren't expecting someone like that to fall in front of you that might give you a big price tag. But um, in terms of looking at these numbers, uh, I think NC State at 10 to 1 has a pretty good, uh, like I said, with Virginia Tech, also 28 to 1 that I'm seeing. I'm using bet online numbers, but I'm sure there are numbers all over the place. Shop for the best you can. And so this isn't a one-man soliloquy. I'll, I'll throw this back to you. But I do like the path of Virginia Tech or NC State going through Clemson, then a winner of North Carolina, Virginia most likely, and then just being on the other side of Duke and Miami. Yeah, and then you can, you've got a way to buy out uh, at, at that point. And North Carolina State is kind of the team I'm targeting here. You can find them 12-1 to 1 right now at DraftKings. Um it, they've got a buy in the first round. You, you'll see them play more than likely Virginia Tech in the second round, which Virginia Tech's one of those teams, like if they make shots, it's scary, but who knows if they're going to. I think Clemson is a phony, so that's a, that's a good spot for NC State. And then, you know, the Duke-UNC winner, depending on who it is, it may, I mean, North Carolina State may, be, may end up being favored in that game or at least cl- close to a pick. And then, like you said, just a, a matchup against the the Miami Duke, the presumed Miami Duke winner. So that's the way I would look. You just I'd look whoever I'm looking at is going to be on the bottom side of the bracket. Uh, I I don't trust Miami enough to think that they can, you know, w- win three, four games in a row, three games in a row. Uh, I, I'd like to, but I just don't. Same with Virginia. Uh, and I certainly don't want to pay the taxes on Duke or UNC here. So uh, NC State, probably the the way I'm going to look here and just hope that there's chaos on the top half of the bracket, because I, I think there's certainly like the path is wide open on, on the bottom half here. Yeah, I don't I, I think a lot of these things in brackets of any type, it's really not about who the best team is. It's about the path and who potentially what roadblocks are in it, what roadblocks might go out of it, uh, things of that nature. Um, so I think we're in agreement there. I think Virginia Tech is also worth a look, though, winning four games in four days, two straight years seems like a lot to ask. Yeah, Virginia Tech available at plus 5,000. So nice, nice number if you're into that. Uh there, I mean, listen, Louisville's available at plus a hundred thousand if you really <laughs> want to take a swing. So uh, let's let's get crazy here. Uh, all right, let's take a look at let's go to the Pac-12, where you've got almost an even money favorite in UCLA plus one ten. You can get the Bruins, uh, Arizona plus two ten, USC plus eight hundred, Oregon twelve to one, Arizona State fifteen to one. Washington State twenty to one, Utah twenty five to one. I think I'll stop there. Uh, unless you've got interest in one of these these long shots, but it feels like the top six is probably about as far as I could see anyone uh, dipping into this thing. And I'll start because it's I, I kind of think there's value in that number on Washington State at twenty to one. Uh, given that they have a, it's more like you said, it's more about the path sometimes and. Getting Cal in the first round is almost like getting a bye in the first round. Uh, they get Oregon in the second round, who I think is probably more brand name, brand recognition than a, a quality team at this point. Uh, and then, of course, they'd have to they'd have to play UCLA. Uh, but the it just feels like at twenty to one, that's that's a, a a sneaky good team in Washington State that I could see making a run. The team that I'll just say I do not like is Arizona because often in these in these tournaments the the teams that play in the half court have a big advantage there's there's less transition basketball and that's a that's terrible news for Arizona uh it's terrible news for for Kansas who we'll get to when we get to the Big 12 uh conversation but I'm looking for teams who can play in the half court and there's a handful of them in the Pac-12 including UCLA and USC obviously uh, but Arizona is the one team that I'm looking to to fade here, basically. Uh, so I, I think I I'd lean to UCLA winning the tournament. I, I, there's obviously no value at almost even money. Uh, if I'm looking for a dark horse, it would be Washington State. What about you? I mean, Washington State is a tournament team. I feel like good defense, shoot a lot of threes, win the glass. Um, and I think they've kind of had an under the radar season, a little disappointing, but did beat Arizona, I think on the road in Tucson. 
Um, also, like you said, with Arizona, I don't know necessarily. I'm so worried about the pace being a problem, but they did lose to Utah. That looks like a most, and I think they lost to Stanford as well. Um, a lot of head scratching losses from Arizona so far this year. It makes them very hard to trust, especially when they need to win one, two, three games in a row to win the, the conference. Um, I think in terms of, I'm just kind of a long shot guy. If anyone listened to the futures that we put out for the title uh, beginning of the season did point out Purdue way back when though. So wish I had just put any of my own money on that one, but I think Arizona state is probably the most interesting to me at this point, a little bit, I think cheaper. Uh, I, I have 14 to one versus Washington state, 16 to one where I'm looking um, just for reference, please shop for the best value you can get. Um, I do think USC looked really disappointing to me uh, in the Arizona game. And who knows with Max Peterson's back, um, what that looks like. Drew Peterson, excuse me. Um, I think in terms of the shorter teams like that are expected to win, I think UCLA is the best one here. And I do think that they have a really good chance to go deep in the tournament. Um, they showed out pretty well. I actually went to this tournament last year in Vegas. Um, and there was a ton of UCLA fans for a UCLA USC matchup. There was none USC fans. Unfortunately, it was just all UCLA, uh, especially cause I bet USC that night and did not go great. Uh, Arizona should have a huge, huge crowd advantage though. Uh, I feel like either everyone lives in Vegas or they need to get a, out of Tucson as quickly as possible. So a lot of things to weigh in these type of environments. I think you do want to see kind of who the home game is going to be for like, for instance, Iowa state has a ton of fans that always show up in Kansas city for the big 12 tournament, something to, to think of. Um, a lot of the PAC 12 teams, I feel like don't have much of a fan base. Uh, and I think Arizona state as my potential long shot pick would be one of those. I do think it's nice to get Oregon state in the opener though. Cause I don't really see that as being a big concern. And I like the idea of getting your legs under you with one game in the venue before you take on a team that hasn't played yet. So it sounds like we kind of agree that we're, we're looking at you at UCLA is the most likely team to win, but from a value standpoint, you and I are both looking at some, some long shots here with Arizona state and Washington state. And like you said, shop around because at DraftKings, Arizona, Arizona state's got a, they're 15 to one where Washington state's 20 to one. So, right. uh, especially when you are playing the long shots, dig around because all it takes is, and you know, you're talking about $500 difference from one site to another. If you, if you do get paid off on this. So obviously you want to have the best number in your pocket, uh, always, but in the, in these, situations it's easy to find uh varied numbers so uh just you know like i said be careful what you are uh what you're what you're buying into in these conference tournaments all right let's take a look at the sec where it just means more griffin <laughs> i was waiting uh, for that <laughs> and <laughs> alabama the favorite plus 170 despite not playing their best ball right now, obviously. Uh, Tennessee, second favorite, plus 280. Excuse me, plus 280. Kentucky, plus 450. AM, plus 500. Auburn, 12 to 1. Arkansas, 12 to 1. Mizzou, 25 to 1. Vandy, 35 to 1. Mississippi State, 45 to 1. And then you're in the dredges. Uh, Florida's 100 to 1. Georgia, Ole Miss, South Carolina, and LSU. Uh, you can light your money on fire. So <laughs> let's uh, let's get into this one where, again, the top four seeds have a big edge because they are already in the quarterfinals. Uh, that being Alabama, A&M, Kentucky, and Mizzou, one through four, respectively. Al uh, Texas A&M is the two seed, probably not what you penciled in preseason, but here we are. Uh, the the matchups, to me, that are are going to be of real interest and the teams that I'm I'm kind of watching here although I, I hate the idea of Tennessee being the second favorite in this conference when they're the 5 seed meaning they're going to have to play an extra game but I'm looking at their you know their path and getting the Ole Miss South Carolina winner is you know we 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 just discussed probably whoever is playing in those play in games is is a disaster uh, and then a very winnable game against Mizzou, although Mizzou's playing a lot better. And but then Tennessee get would likely get Alabama in the next round. And Alabama, like I mentioned at the beginning, seems pretty vulnerable right now. So I, I kind of want to to play someone on the top half of that bracket, and it would boil down to Tennessee or Missouri. 
and Missouri at 25 to one feels, I mean, compared to Tennessee at plus 280, um, I, I feel like Missouri would probably be a better look. I don't know if Missouri can can win this tournament per se. I don't know that they're you know consistent enough to uh, to win three games in three days. But if they get past Tennessee, it feels like the path lines them up to at least be in the finals. And at twenty five to one, it's a, a great way to hedge out. Uh, what do you see in the SEC? Who do you like? Who's the dark horse? Is there any team in particular that you're looking to fade? Um, I also feel like there's some value in taking kind of what these numbers say about the teams, um, because Tennessee being second favorite with an extra game, just losing their point guard to an ACL injury is pretty bullish. I feel like from the market standpoint on, on how they either expect Tennessee just to control the SEC. But I think that maybe applies a little bit to the big tournament that's going to happen soon uh, that we're all going to have brackets for and, and things of that nature. Um, I thought Tennessee was was more than in the game against Auburn. Uh, Auburn was my best bet winner from from Saturday, so we didn't have an 0-2, thankfully. Um, but that was not easy. Um, I was pretty nervous through a lot of that matchup, I got to say. Um, but in terms of what I guess this podcast episode is about, um, I was hoping for Auburn and Arkansas to not play each other in the first round. That's very disappointing. Um, I do think the winner of that one has a good shot at getting through an AM team that I think is not necessarily as strong as their record shows, though a tough team to play against, of course. But um, when you get to the top four seeds in any conference, I feel like most of them are really tough to play against unless you're talking the ACC. Um, but I guess we already went through that. Uh, in terms of numbers here, I feel like Kentucky seems a little bit um, longer of a shot than I was expecting. I don't know that they're half as likely to win the tournament with one less game than Tennessee, especially um, maybe they've struggled with Vanderbilt and it's happened for years and years, but I wouldn't be shocked if Georgia got through Vanderbilt in that one either. Um, LSU seems like that fall from grace has been incredible. So I can't imagine there's an upset in that one, but um, so Kentucky seems like a reasonable play to me, Arkansas at 11 to one uh, that I'm, I'm seeing. And then Auburn at, at 12 to one, basically the winner of that one, I think is a good shot to get through if you're looking for a longer line. But I, I mean, I feel like those three teams all get to only one of them gets through for Kentucky to play and potentially in that second round in in Nashville, which isn't exactly Catlanta where Kentucky's going to have every seat. But I mean, there should be a good Tennessee contingent there as well. Cause pretty much everyone moves from Knoxville to Nashville. It seemed when I lived there, um, but I really like Kentucky's side of the bracket um, to avoid Alabama. Yes, they haven't been playing great, but they're still one of the more scary teams to play against. And I felt like that comeback that they were going to come back and steal that game from AM this weekend. Um, that's, I think, where I'm feeling. Do you not? I, I mean, it's hard to really trust Kentucky, but it's also hard to argue with some of their performances lately, despite missing a lot, a bunch of guys to injury. Yeah, Kentucky is scary. They are playing a lot better. They they do have injury concerns. I would caution against Auburn because Auburn feels to me and listen, they, a couple nice wins to end the season, especially the nice win against Tennessee and an uh, almost nice win against Alabama. But they mm. feel so home court dependent, and that's something I I think about too in, in tournament time. And what kind of wins have you had away from your building? And the road wins in the SEC for Auburn are uh, South Carolina, LSU, and Ole Miss. End of list. Uh, they lost to Georgia on the road. So, they, like... 12, 13, 14. Yeah, the, the worst team. Like, that's who they've been able to beat outside of their house. So, uh, that's a team I'm not looking to back in this tournament. Uh, it, the, the Tennessee win, again, I feel like that was really kind of backs against the wall. I, I think if they lost that Tennessee game after losing the Alabama game... There was no at-large coming for, for Auburn or even really going to be discussed for Auburn. So that was an important win for them. But outside of them, like, and really, if you just look at the the SEC wins in general, like the, most of their wins have come against the dredges. It's the Florida, Mississippi, LSU, South Carolina, Georgia, Ole Miss again. Like the Tennessee win, the Mizzou win, and I guess if you want to say Mississippi State w- was a good win, That's their that's their good wins. So it's hard for me to get excited about a team like that. It's hard for me also to get excited about Alabama, who I know Alabama is going to be a one seed no matter what happens in this tournament. So I I feel like they're one of those teams who, especially given all the the off-the-court stuff that's surrounding that program, 
I wouldn't be surprised if they'd prefer not to uh, be in the media circus for an extra couple days and just get their minds right and, and get ready to play some some tournament ball. Uh, so they're a team that I'll be looking to fade. I'm with you on AM, their record being a little bit better than the actual team is, despite that win uh, to close out the season against Alabama, which was really nice. Uh, also beat Tennessee in the last couple of weeks. So they, they've proven that they can play with the big boys. Uh, and Buzz Williams is a coach that I like. And suddenly he's he's starting to build a roster that seems like maybe it can compete a little bit. So uh, it's hard for me to find like a, a team that I love in this conference. I, I, I don't love anyone. I don't have a great feel like any of these teams are the team to beat. Kentucky at plus 450, there probably is some value. And if I were looking for a dark horse, I think it would be Mizzou at 25 to one. Hope that they can get by Tennessee and that you can hedge out later on in the tournament. So that's the way I'll be looking to attack this thing. Yeah, it makes sense. I think Mizzou, uh, I mean, tournament teams are a little bit different than what you see in a regular season. I think it's a lot about momentum, a lot of like, can you kill a game early uh, by getting ahead a ton? I think Mizzou can do that. Certainly if they make a lot of three point shots and play at their fast pace. Um, it's a really tough road of potentially Tennessee and Alabama first two games. For sure. All right, let's go to the Big 12, which will probably be the best tournament, uh, or at least the best quality teams involved here. And I'm going to surprise you with some odds, I feel, because I'm going to tell you that the favorite to win the Big 12 is the Texas Longhorns, 3-1. to Kansas plus 350, Baylor plus 450, Kansas State plus 650, same as Iowa State plus 650, TCU 850, West Virginia 15 to 1, Oklahoma State 30 to 1, Texas Tech and Oklahoma bringing up the rear at 40 to 1. And this is uh, Texas and Kansas have uh they are into the the quarterfinals um west virginia will play texas tech in the first round oklahoma state will play oklahoma those winners will play kansas and texas and then you get baylor and iowa state matched up kansas state and tcu matched up in the quarterfinals as well uh i'll let you take the lead on this conference who is your your pick to win and who is your dark horse who you could see maybe uh, sneaking out of there with this thing huh well so again to review the bids um feel like everyone top six is in uh seven oklahoma state is a question mark eight west virginia is a a question mark but i think a little bit more likely to get in than the seven oklahoma state Texas Tech at the nine seed, I think, is probably out at this point, but I'm also <laughs> not really sure because uh, I feel like none of those teams would really be in, but they got to fill 68 in somewhere. Uh, Oklahoma, I think, at the 10 seed is the only team that's going to have to win this whole thing to get in. Um, so there's a lot of, I mean, great, uh, not to make this so so gross to say, pelts out there or, or, or scalps, I guess is another way to say it, uh, for a lot of these teams, I think. Uh, when I think of a Kansas City, Missouri tournament, um, as I said earlier, Iowa State's always got a ton of fans there. I feel like Texas will probably have some of the least. Unfortunately, K-State will have a bunch. Kansas, KU will have a lot. TCU, I'm not expecting. Baylor, maybe a little. But um, I feel like it's probably uh, a, a more Midwest-based type of crowd, which I think does matter in these type of things. Because if you're getting a point or so in, in home court advantage in a neutral court event that's a really big deal and can really be the the difference between a referee making a call or you getting some sort of home home like loving from from a call that that might actually get you through to the next round uh in terms of getting through here i think kansas and texas being around the same for favorite is interesting um and i think that's a lot based on who they get in the their first matchup in the second round but um, I don't know. I mean, there, I feel like this tournament, there's so many different ways it can go. And that makes me just want to go even further down the risk curve and get as, as far as I can to see what the, the long shot would look like. Uh, I think we've, I've kind of fallen out of love with K state, um, to say the least, I think TCU with their incredibly bad three point shooting, it's amazing that they're even a tournament team, but I, I do have a little bit of concern that in the actual NCAA tournament, some of these big 12 teams might not perform as well because they've done a lot of making themselves look, look good, beating each other up. Um, 
Don't think Iowa State, despite a pretty good performance against Baylor this weekend, is really on my list. As I think the Caleb Grill uh, kicking off the team right before the tournament start, something bad must have happened. I didn't hear what exactly that was. Um, I think Baylor's looked like one of those teams that, especially with Keontae George coming back this weekend, wasn't a perfect return uh, for him. But I feel like um, that's probably a team I want to look at. KU sometimes doesn't take this tournament as seriously as I think they should. Um, and but ultimately, I mean, it's so hard to pick. Save me here, AJ. I'm struggling. Well, just looking at the the history of this event, there are five teams. There's six teams that have won this tournament ever. Uh, going back to 1997 when the Big 12 was brought together. Uh, and one of those teams, one of the six that have won it is Missouri, who's no longer in the conference. Sure, sure. Uh, the combined wins for the the rest, uh, Kansas has 12. The other four teams that have won have 11. And of those 11, Iowa State's won five of them. You have to go back to... 2005 to find a non-Kansas, non-Iowa State, and non-Texas, Texas who won in 2021 once, a non, one of those three winner, and that was Oklahoma State all the way back in 2005. Uh, Joey Graham was on that team, just to uh, give some, uh, <laughs> some insight on how long ago that was. So this real, like you said, Kansas doesn't always take this seriously, but it's been their event. It's been Bill Self's event. Iowa State has consistently had strong showings, though Iowa State is a team I want nothing to do with right now for kind of what you mentioned, personnel issues that uh, there's a big cloud of secrecy around for some reason. Um, I'm not saying that like because Baylor's never won this tournament or because TCU's never won this tournament that they can't. I'm just saying it seems like the, the crowd, and you mentioned... Iowa State usually having a good traveling contingency. Kansas always does. Seems to play a big role. And with Kansas lined up the way they are, uh, at least in in this season's bracket, uh, it's hard for me to go against them. I don't like the uh, the Kansas State TCU winner. So it makes me feel like Texas has a good chance to to be in the finals. And I've said before, or as I said earlier in this pod, like I like teams in these tournaments that can play in the half court. Uh, and that kind of eliminates Kansas. And it leaves me, I think I'm leaning either Texas or Baylor. And the idea that I have to pay the favorites price on Texas it just takes me out of out, out of the discussion. I cannot get my head around that. So I'm going to I'm going to say I think Texas can win this tournament but Baylor at plus 450 is probably the look I would make although again because Baylor is going to have to play Kansas and you know the likely the the Texas TCU uh Kansas State winner you may be better off doing like a money line rollover here because Baylor's not like a long shot at plus 450 so I don't know that there's real value on the board for me here uh, unless you think Kansas not being the favorite when they seemingly win every other year uh, is value, or do you see do you see Iowa State being a viable team this year? Do you think the history has anything to do with with who can win this thing? I mean, that history just is giving off sirens in my head that KU at three to one seems really really underpriced. Um, sure, uh, re- relevant- think about Kansas. Think about Kansas the last you know, forever has been a half court team with a big man. Like uh, the, they don't have that. They're not that type of team this year. So is that, I mean, does is this a different Kansas team? Have the Kansas teams in the past been built for the tournament more than these teams are? I feel like I've had good success uh, just expecting KU to be good, whether they're two big men playing like Bill Self always did, or when he kind of realized that he had to play a three-point shooting game uh, and changing his his style completely, which I think he deserves a lot of credit for also having um, Adidas paying off players or whatever, but that's, I guess, a separate conversation. Um, I think KU, they roll with the punches, and at 3-1, I feel like um, with a pretty big crowd support, um, not having to see Texas till the final, sure, playing Baylor, wouldn't look great in the second round, but I mean, who knows if Iowa state can somehow pull off that upset that makes it a much easier route than uh, playing Baylor second round. 
Um, I, I mean, I feel like the more we talk about it, the more I'm interested in KU just as a, a three to one option. Um, it's probably unlikely that they're going to, I mean, I think that price only gets worse on a rollover if, if somehow Iowa state gets through, or there's some crazy stuff that happens at the bottom. Um, and the dominance of, of Kansas in the big 12 regular season, plus clearly the big 12 tournament, despite what I said that sometimes they don't take it too seriously. I guess that's one of the, like the two years they did. Uh, or didn't. Um, I, I mean, that's to me, despite being Mr. Longshot over here, that's that's very interesting to me. Uh, and I think, like you said, K-State and TCU have big, big flaws that I don't think I want anything to do with them on the other side of Texas. Texas is too short. Uh, and then the Baylor side having to go through KU, I don't really like either. Yeah, the Baylor. Uh, so Kansas State, TCU and Texas, the, the, these are Kansas's regular season losses are obviously on the bottom. Baylor and Iowa State both got a win over Kansas, uh, are on the same side of the bracket as as Kansas. So if you think that Baylor can get through, or excuse me, that Kansas can get through the Baylor-Iowa State winner, you probably feel pretty good about them at least reaching the finals. Um, so I, I would say, I, I, the more I think about it, like that history is alarming, and it, it's going to be hard for me to not play Kansas, despite the fact that I, I don't know that this is your your dad's Kansas team, mm. uh, but there's just there's nobody who jumps out to me as like great value in this tournament. So the the fact that like all all the teams that I'm even remotely interested in are under five to one makes me think I probably won't have anything on this tournament as far as like a a futures bet goes. All right, let's head to the Big East. And this one may surprise you. If I said the favorite to win the Big East is UConn, plus 190. Marquette and Creighton, plus 320. Xavier, plus 425. Nova and Providence, 15 to 1. Hall is 50 to 1. The Johnny, 60 to 1. Butler, 80 to 1. Mm-hmm, Georgetown mm-hmm. and DePaul, 100 to 1. No thanks. Uh, Excuse me. on I, fire. I'm, my bad, a thousand to one. Yeah, uh, light it on fire. It could be. I apologize. Yeah, yeah, they're plus a hundred thousand. So uh, maybe put a dollar on it. I don't know. <laughs> uh, UConn a heavy favorite, despite being a four seed, and Marquette winning the regular season by two games. What do you make of that? Uh, we know UConn and Providence are matched up in the second round. Uh, Marquette awaits the winner of St. John's and Butler. Xavier awaits the winner of Seton Hall and DePaul and Nova, uh, or excuse me, no, well, you know, I might as well just say Nova will play crate after they beat Georgetown. Um, what do you think of those, those numbers? And does anybody jump off the page to you as someone who can make a run here? Uh, I think this is one of those, like I was saying earlier with Tennessee, this is a big tell on UConn and the market's opinion of Ozmakers, of course, but also the market's opinion on what UConn will do. Uh, Metrics have loved them for a long time. I took my medicine this weekend with a Villanova play uh, that never really felt good to me. I got to say, I was uh, wondering when Kyle Neptune was going to step down from the position uh, of head coach, like mid, probably 10 minutes into the game, being like, this guy has absolutely no answers. Um, ah, I mean, UConn has to go through Providence. It's a difference than Marquette playing the winner of St. John's Butler for sure. Um, but I also remember that UConn was a road favorite at Marquette and smashed Marquette at home, um, later in the season. Um, maybe, I mean, UConn has got a lot of three point shooters, a lot of team, a lot of part of that team that could just smash teams, um, kind of, like I said, in tournament play, you need to go out there and win games easily because you don't win all those coin flips against good players, basically. Um, I think the Providence game is going to be, I think, a little bit tougher than maybe the mar- market would expect. PC at 10 to 1, but I also am from there, and it's possible I have a little bit of a fryer blood in me still, though I feel like they've They're been playing so-, so poorly down the stretch. Yeah, uh, my stepdad even texted me, like, what the heck's wrong with Ed Cooley right now, which is hilarious, but... Um, I think I think PC, um, yeah, I mean, of all the teams that UConn could draw in that that first matchup, I guess PC is not the the most difficult of them all. Um, I feel like looking at Creighton as the second favorite is interesting to me because they're on the Xavier side of the bracket. Um, I think Villanova, by the way, Fremantle will not play. He's having season-ending surgery, so he's oh, so done he's for the year. Done for good. Oh man, that's a 
that's a big loss for Xavier. Uh, that makes their plus 450 or the fourth uh, shortest odds seem a little bit shorter than those even say. I got to say, um, I think I would want more there, um, though I don't know Seton Hall is going to be it. I mean, Seton Hall to me is the ultimate tournament team that's just going to go in and beat the you know what out of you and be like, all right, refs, call as many fouls as you can here. <laughs> Um, and I don't like them at all, but it worked for Sheen Holloway, got him this job last year after that crazy run by St. Peter's It's basically the same team though. Um, there's a reason they're a seven seed in a fairly down big East. I feel like entering this season, um, I'm struggling to find value here. I got to say Marquette at three over three to one as the one seed is helpful because of that first game, but then having to go through UConn and a Creighton most likely or a Xavier or something like that from the bottom half doesn't seem that easy. I, I don't know. I feel like UConn is a deserved favorite here. Um, I'm trying to learn from my mistakes this past weekend and maybe defer to that as, as being the true outcome here. Yeah, I still have uh, some love for Creighton. Uh, I, I still feel like they, they've got the best player in the conference and Kalkbrenner, a guy, especially in a tournament setting, a guy who can can take over. Um, what I don't love is that that potential Villanova matchup. Villanova, if you look at Bart Torvik and you filter just the last month, Villanova is the best team in the country. Which is it's wild. Like it, that's it, Villanova was a corpse a little while ago, and they have won on Saturday too. To their last eight, and yeah, they didn't show up against UConn. Uh, but this is a it's clearly a dangerous team, and a lot of it that is the return of Justin Moore. Uh, but I still think if I had to if I had to take a look, I, I'd probably look at Creighton, and I know that they they just beat uh, or Villanova just beat them um, at their building. I, I, it feels like Creighton or Marquette. I, I think you can really flip a coin because I, I think those two teams uh, being n- not the favorite when they've been the two best teams over the course of the season is, is tough for me to get around. So I'll probably look at Creighton. I trust them a little bit more. Um, although Marquette did sweep them in the regular season to uh, two fun, close games. Uh, and we talked kind of about the, the calls going Marquette's way in that last one. Uh, but I, I think I'm I'm gonna lean to Creighton here for my pick in the big east. I, I support that. Also want to point out that UConn is so close, it's a very simple, easy train ride from anywhere in Connecticut down to Madison Square Garden. So um don't try to fight any UConn fans if you're in the stadium because they will fight each other if they can't find someone else to fight. Uh, but they are going to be there. They're going to be loud. Don't care about St. John's. It's going to be all UConn all week. All right. Let's take a look at the Big Ten. And let's go through this thing. This is, boy, what a what a conference. Um, I am, I hate Rutgers. I, I hate every team in this conference. Like, there's not a team you can like in this conference, to be honest. Uh, let's look at... The favorites, though, Purdue is the favorite, plus two twenty-five, followed by Indiana at four to one, Rutgers seven to one, Maryland eight to one, Illinois and Iowa are ten to one, Northwestern fourteen to one, Sparty seventeen to one, Michigan thirty to one, Penn State fifty to one, Ohio State sixty to one, Wisconsin eighty to one, and if you like Nebraska or Minnesota, stop it. Um, <laughs> What I guess let's just go through and and take a look at how the bracket breaks down. This is um, one of the more complex brackets where you're kind of all over the place with uh, with with how it's it's broken down. But it feels like the the teams that are in that have the buy, the double buy outside of Purdue. Like, do you think that if we said name the top four teams in the Big Tw- or in the Big Ten, that Northwestern and Michigan would be in your top four? Yet they're top four seeds, so it's a weird thing. I, I guess Indiana, you'd probably say, okay, maybe Indiana, I could see, uh, but it's weird that the it feels like the top teams aren't who I would consider the best teams in the Big Ten. This is so interesting because. The Big Ten, and we've talked about it all year, more than any other conference, is so home court reliant. 
Uh, two teams have a winning record away from home in conference this season. It, it is very difficult to win games outside of your building. This is on a neutral floor, so it kind of resets the market for what these teams are. Uh, is there anybody jumping off to you who seems like they can make a run? Do you look at these teams that only have to win three games? Uh, or do you look at one of the teams that are playing on day two on Thursday and uh, would have to win a third game? This is probably the toughest conference for me to read. What do you think? Um, I do think your intense dislike for this conference is going to serve you well in an NCAA tournament where I don't believe any of these teams are going to go far um, besides maybe Purdue. Um, Indiana, certainly you could argue Illinois, if they get hot shooting threes, um, just to make sure I, my bracket, I have Michigan state four. Is that, is that what yeah. you have as yeah. well? I just want to make sure I'm looking at the right thing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, don't think I would have guessed Northwestern as a two seed. I'll admit I tried not to look at conference standings unless there's some sort of relevance to who's getting a buy or something like that, um, to try to protect themselves just because I feel like a lot of times that's noise based on the schedule, especially because I think unless it's a true round Robin, like the big 12 and big East, I don't think everyone plays each other. Um, obviously even in a 20 game, I think conference tournaments or conference season. Um, I think when I want to look at these type of, brackets and odds it's i want to find teams that i don't think deserve to be where they are uh, i think northwestern is the cream of the crop there uh maybe the perfect example of a team that i can't explain being a two seed in the big 10 besides the, the league just not being great um i think anyone on the bottom side of the bracket having to deal with purdue and zach ed only in the finals is kind of where i'd be looking um i have had a love-hate relationship, I'll put it that way, with Penn State this year. I feel like it's been a lot more love than hate, though I still vehemently remember the 19.2nd half lead they choked up against Rutgers. Um, I do think, though, Penn State is a little bit interesting to me at 50-1, to 1, considering they swept Illinois this season, and a lot of it was behind really good three-point shooting, but a uh, blowout win at home and a... Um, fairly blowout win on the road in Champaign that kind of made Illinois change their defensive philosophy and it didn't really work great in Happy Valley the second time they played. Um, winner of that Penn State-Illinois matchup gets that Northwestern game and then gets whatever the heck comes out of the likely Maryland-Indiana matchup, um, which I imagine in Chicago, a lot of these, these schools will all be represented pretty well. I think Illinois the strongest, but I don't know that there's going to be any less Illinois, excuse me, Indiana fans than Illinois fans in the arena. Um, I think those, that side of the brackets where I want to be, I just am too scared of Zach Eady. And then you don't have to deal with Michigan state or Iowa or Michigan or, or Rutgers, I guess, but Purdue get them the winner of Rutgers and Michigan in the second round. Um, I think if I'm looking for anybody over here, it's, it's someone in the bottom half. And I think it's Illinois at 10 to one. It's hard to beat a good team three times. But then again, when I say that it's maybe Penn state, just a bad match of Illinois. And then maybe I should look at the Nittany lions at 50 to one. I think one thing we should have done and we, we did for some of these other conferences, but who are the teams here that we think are, in needs of wins, who are the the bubble teams who are who's safe? Because I would have thought Rutgers was safe, but then Rutgers lost back to back games to Minnesota and Northwestern, and lost to Northwestern at home. Like this is uh, we're talking some pretty rough losses. Do, do you think they're in danger? Wisconsin may have saved their season today by edging out Minnesota had they lost that game lord knows uh if they're in Michigan is probably out right now they desperately need a win or two in the tournament um is there anybody at Penn State I guess is is the other team that there's kind of a question about like are are they in or out like do you have a feel for for who's locked in and who's not in this in this league uh, easiest answer to this question is no, I, I, I have no idea. Um, I feel like none of these teams should be in honestly, like Purdue. Yes, they should be in, uh, Indiana should be in, uh, Northwestern. Do we believe in that? I'm not sure. Uh, Michigan state probably should be Iowa. I mean, there are so many like ugly marred schedule results here. I mean, I can't even imagine with all the good wins, quote unquote, based on the net, Versus all the bad losses that really should be shown if you actually thought about the talent of these teams. Wisconsin, to me, seemed like they were 
like firmly in the tournament are a 12 seed in the big 10. Yes. Unbalanced schedules complain about that as much as you want, but like, sheesh, I don't, I don't understand any of this. And all these teams don't get their big crowds behind them to then root on their 55 to 52 wins. So I just like, man, I, I think it's going to be a great tournament for that reason alone. Cause I'm a root for chaos guy at this point. Um, and I think there's a lot of chaos here. I think Rutgers, Michigan might be a play out game. Uh, I think, um, if Wisconsin loses to Ohio state, there's a lot of pressure there and they probably are out if they lose that game based on Ohio state's, um, swoon second half as Chris Holtman teams always seem to do. I guess they get sick of them, hate him or something like that after Christmas. Um, I don't know. Like, does Maryland deserve to be in this tournament? I guess their home wins show that they do, but like, that's a, that's a long stretch. Unfortunately, you're not. Does their, does their road, does their singular road win in a conference? Does that tell you they deserve to be there? I don't know. I mean, I, I'm sorry, but like, I'd rather see Southern Miss in the tournament than a lot of these guys, but Southern Miss didn't really do a lot of favors themselves dropping to South Alabama the soon to be eight seed that I think will win the tournament. Um, it feels like to me in the, whatever conference they're in Sunbelt, I think, um, man. Uh, yeah, I think this is a perfect long shot conference. Anyone can win this thing. I think Purdue's the scariest team out there, um, and probably win it. Uh, I think if you're putting your life on your line, which hopefully none of you are on this, but I think you're picking Purdue to win it. And I think that'll probably be the most comfortable thing you could say. I think you could make a case for anybody. I mean, Maryland at eight to one feels very cheap to me. So I think someone in that Penn state, Illinois area. Um, and I gotta say, I, I mean, I don't think Penn state's in this tournament. I think they know they need a really good showing here. Uh, and I think they can get through Illinois. They can get through Northwestern. Who knows after that, maybe they're playing Nebraska or Minnesota, doubt it. But um, I, I mean, I think if there's any time to just like where lighting a dollar on fire is not a really like, a, I don't think you're lighting a dollar on fire betting Penn State to win this tournament, as weird as that sounds. Yeah, it's tough for me because I want to find teams that have had stretches this season where they've they've put together some good wins. And like, I feel like, OK, I could see these this team winning four games in a row or something like that. And Purdue certainly qualifies for that. Uh Outside of them, it's it's kind of hard to find those teams. You know, right. it's kind of fi- it's kind of hard to find a team that's got three nice wins in a row. Uh, you could look at Iowa, uh, and the problem is with Iowa their their run where they were solid was early in the season. You can look at Indiana. The problem with Indiana is. Uh, <sighs> I don't know if Indiana is like overvalued at this point. Like it, it, there was a time when it felt like, man, you were you if you were catching Indiana like mid February, you were probably jumping on at the right time. I don't know if now, at, you know, after they beat Illinois, after they beat Purdue uh, at Purdue, you know, after they beat Michigan today, I don't know if now is the time to say, yeah, I'm a I'm an Indiana backer. I don't know that you're getting any good value there. As much as I hate to say it. I, I think I'm going to look at uh, I think I'm going to look at Illinois as probably my uh, my if I had to pick some a dark horse. Here. I'm with you. I think Purdue wins the tournament. I think Purdue is the the best team, which isn't saying much. Like, I, I think they're the the team that you can trust the most, although a, a team with freshman guards. I don't know. But they, they do have a monster down low that if if things go wrong with the offense, all you got to do is feed him the ball and, and something good is likely to happen. So uh, I will, I'll look at, uh, I guess I'll look at Purdue and I'll look at Illinois. I want to look at Maryland, but they have, they just can't do anything away from their building. So uh, again, this is a, a really tough one for me to call. Illinois does seem like the best dark horse value play though. I mean, unless you're, you're kind of, you're hating on, uh, on my guys from uh, state college, I got to say, um, yeah, and they they have a player who can take over a game, which is a nice thing to have in tournament settings. So, I mean, it's not it's not crazy to to give them a look just because they have a dude, uh, and teams that have a dude can always go further in a tournament. You know, it, it, you feel like you can trust him to make something happen when everything else is kind of collapsing. So, I, I don't think you're way off base there. The more we talk about it, the more I'm getting like. I have no connection to Penn State, I don't think. Um, but hello, I am, I'm into it right now. Yeah, and I think I'm, I'm worried that uh, you're too into it. That's a, that's <laughs> I might be. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's take a quick look at the Mountain West, where 
San Diego State is the one seed. Uh, I guess I'll I'll give you the the odds. San Diego State also the favorite at plus one fifty. Boise plus three forty. Utah State plus three eighty. Nevada plus six hundred. And Utah State and Nevada are interesting because I think they are both clearly bubble teams. Um, New Mexico may be dead. They are twelve to one. UNLV fourteen to one. San Jose State forty to one. Colorado State sixty to one, Fresno two hundred to one, Air Force two fifty to one, and Wyoming five hundred to one. Man, if you told me last year I could get Wyoming in the Mountain West Conference tournament five hundred to one, I, I would have certainly taken some of that. And they are one of the massive disappointments this season. Uh, let's take a look at the bracket where the you know the the five seeds the top five seeds are through to the quarters uh san diego state will get the winner of colorado state and fresno uh utah state will get the winner of unlv and air force boise will get the winner of new mexico and wyoming and nevada and san jose state are already locked in in a four five matchup so knowing what i i think knowing what we know about this tournament that san diego state and boise are in utah state and nevada have work to do uh, do you have a feel for who you want to back here? Um, I think we come to the same thing we've talked about a little bit earlier. Utah State could have a very tough road of New Mexico, Boise, and then San Diego State having to get through all of them. That seems like a lot to ask for a team that really hasn't defended since Ryan Odom got there, I don't think. Certainly, if they get hot, shoot a lot of threes. They've won that tournament before, if I remember correctly. I think COVID year, they'd won it before. Um Everything got canceled. Sad day. Hopefully that stays far, far away from us this year. Um, I think I'm a little bit puzzled. Is Does Nevada really have a case to get an at-large bid here? Like, have I been asleep at the wheel doing two it, podcasts a week with you? I, I'll just say this. Joe Lenardi still has them in. Um, <laughs> okay. All right. I, like, I, I don't know that I would make a case for Nevada. Um. But some of their, I don't know, I, I guess some of their wins from or some of their losses in the in the preseason don't look as bad now. Like their only non-conference losses were Oregon, Loyola, and Loyola Marymount and Kansas State. Uh, and that was an overtime. And they don't really have an awful loss on their resume. That's probably the best thing you can say for them. Uh, they did get that. They got they won home and home at new uh, against new mexico i think anytime right. you get a win in the pit it's a big deal um so yeah i, I mean i'm not standing here beating my chest for them but it certainly seems that mo most people think that they are are at least on the bubble at this point so they they could be in uh again i'm not i'm not saying that they should be i'm saying that it, from all accounts bracket matrix joe lenardi they say they that they're one of the bubble teams Got it. Well, um, I'm I'm not here to uh, hate on Joe Lenardi. He's not performed anywhere near the top of the bracket matrix for a while. But well, by the way, lo losing to Wyoming and UNLV in the last two games, like at Wyoming, who has like eight wins all year, and then at home to UNLV, it's about as bad of a way as you could finish. I think if they had they won one of those games, they were like pretty safely in. But losing both those games. Like that Wyoming loss is uh, for a team that didn't have a bad loss. Now they do. Uh, that's that could be the the difference maker for them. So they may need to win a couple games here. I got to say, also, just from last year with Wyoming getting, I think, to the playing games in Dayton when I thought they had a great case to be in the tournament as an at large, fully in there, uh, in there like swimwear. Um, not great that the Mountain West hasn't been looked upon as fondly. Yes, things change year to year, but I don't really think they do that much. Um, I I mean, at this point, I'd much rather have Nevada in there than Wisconsin. I mean, come on. But I don't think it's going to happen um, unless something crazy happens in this tournament, which means Nevada probably has to get through San Jose State, which I don't think is going to be simple, um, which I got to say also kind of interests me a little bit. Tim Miles in a tournament setting. Say what you want about him. Might be the most boring guy on earth, but also is – a pretty good basketball coach, I got to say. And Nebraska makes me feel like they might actually want his services around based on what Fred Hoiberg's done with that program since he got there. Um, 
I think Nevada's going to, I mean, they got to get through San Diego state and then whoever comes through the bottom, I don't think it's likely to be a bad team that comes out of there, unfortunately. So that's going to be really tough to get an at large. Cause and the sad part in a lot of these smaller tournaments is that like Nevada gets no credit for beating San Jose state. Who's a decent team. Um, it really all is going to come upon that Friday matchup with San Diego state, assuming that all happens. If there's an upset there, even worse for Nevada, but I guess it's better for their uh, conference championship odds or, or likelihood to, to win it. Cause it's a much easier road. Um, man, I'm struggling to come up with, I mean, San Diego state's going to have a ton of fans in Vegas. I was there last year, actually went one day to the PAC 12, one day, to the mountain West. Um, and I just, Wyoming had a pretty good showing last year. It's not going to happen this year. New Mexico is historically great at showing up there. I think that might be a problem for Utah State as well. Uh, I think if I'm looking for long shots, New Mexico 12 to 1 seems um, up my alley. I think that that's probably the one. I think the the way Patino and his kind of style is, it's going to be really fast. It's going to be really aggressive. I don't love that they have to play a, a first round game as well, but um, and it would be a really tough road to get there, but I think that's the long shot I'm most interested in. Um, I do think Boise's really good though. And I, I think that might even keep me away from playing in New Mexico or something like that, or even thinking about it just because of that tough road. But that that's my long shot pick. I think San Diego state is clearly on the easiest side of the bracket though. So I think, um, one of those situations where if you want someone that's going to get through this thing, I think it's San Diego state and you're getting a little bit over even money. And, uh, I don't think your, your road's going to get a lot worse, um, than what it's kind of scheduled to look like. And maybe get lucky and place a team like New Mexico in the final. Well, I'll just go ahead and spoil it. That's going to be my best bet is San Diego state to win the mountain West at plus plus one fifty. Um, and it's mostly for the reasons you just said. Utah State, Boise, New Mexico all feel like like if I were stack ranking the teams on how much I like them right now, it'd, it'd be San Diego State, Boise, Utah State, New Mexico, Nevada. And it, the fact that San Diego State avoids all of those until the final, and I mean, it's just it, it's too good of a draw. Uh, I'm with you. Boise is, is playing great ball right now. I wish I could bet New Mexico it, it, six weeks ago. I was in love with this Lobos team and they just shit the bed in the second half of the season. Like the, I think they've lost like seven of their last 10 or something like that. It's just, it's fallen apart for them. Uh, it started with in the, with the injury to house and they just haven't bounced back from it. Like they're just not themselves though. Again, we talk about, like we said with Penn state, like if you've got those dudes, like if you've got a guy on your team who can, just absolutely take over a game and you know score 35 40 points you're you you have an advantage and new mexico has a couple of those guys in jamal mashburn and jalen house who could just show up any given night and go nuclear so i do think if you're looking for a long shot new mexico is interesting but i, I do think san diego state is the team to beat the the loss last week to boise um a game that they were in control of for 38 minutes and just didn't finish. Uh, I think that they will be locked in and I, I think that you get a, a solid, uh, a, a solid performance from Brian Dutcher's boys in, in this tournament. So I'm, I'm going to just go chalky and go with San Diego state uh, to win this thing. Don't blame you. I mean, it does feel like, like, I mean, kind of reminds me of KU a little bit as well. It's like one of those where you can grab in some, some that, I mean, value is a, a tough term to talk about on a podcast that's recorded and then we'll see what happens with all these numbers and things like that but i wouldn't be shocked if san diego state got bet enough to be a a, a a minus money favorite as people like to say all right let's uh let's take care of some business real quick and we'll hit one more uh, conference and then we'll get your best bet but uh let's let's give the people a little promo code here Let's give them a promo code uh, today on this episode, as I unfortunately just lost my link, but here we go. We're back there. Uh, pro <laughs> pro stuff here. Uh, use the promo code rival 20. It's good for 20% off as all listeners of college basketball podcast. Good for seven days from the podcast release. Of course, get my soccer. AJ's are UFC stuff coming out this week. It, uh, yeah. Yeah. Stays coming out. Uh, we just, just did the UFC on Saturday yesterday. Uh, but yeah, every, every UFC card, I've got something up. Cool, cool, cool. Okay, UFC for AJ, you get my soccer stuff. 
Um, it's almost baseball season coming up too. I'm going to start trying to like not sleep at all and actually start working on that too. Um, but use promo code rival 20, get 20% off anything you want to buy on the pregame.com website, whether it's season long packages, March madness stuff that AJ and I have both up right now. Um, we got a big month coming up. It is a good money making time. We've had a great year in the podcast. Looking to continue it. Use a promo code Rival Twenty. We do get a little credit if you use it. So please go save yourself some money. Uh, make us look good to our bosses. And uh, and I guess AJ, do you want to lead us off with your best bet, or do well, you want to do it? How do you want to go? I want to. Uh, I want oh, to sorry, take a you look. Another word. Another comment. Yeah, I, I wanted to see if there's anything uh, you wanted to look at in the American. Um, the Cougs are minus 300 to win this tournament. Like they are, are clearly the cream of the crop. Uh, Memphis is the two seed Tulane is the three seed. I, I don't know if I can get around like with what we saw today, Houston um, taking care of Memphis on their floor uh, in a game where that Memphis feels like it was the most hyped spot. It could have been, Houston hits a buzzer beater and beats them outright. Uh, Memphis is plus 450 as the second favorite. Cincinnati plus 1,200. Tulane 20 to 1. Wichita and Temple are 30 to 1. UCF is 40 to 1. I think any further, and we're we're talking nonsense. Is there any team that you can picture jumping up and beating Houston in this tournament, or is this just kind of a coronation? Um, I think it's still Memphis. Um, and with that cover today, now I think are four and in their last four games, and it might even go better than that if you stretch it out further. Um, I just man, I think Memphis have something in them that can give Houston problems. They're zero and two straight up against them this year, but with a I guess a lopsided loss, but still a cover when they're I think getting fourteen without Kendrick Davis at Houston, but losing the buzzer beater today I think gives them some good confidence coming through. Um, another team that I'm not sure is in the dance Memphis. Um, they've done well in conference play, but the American is, I mean, nothing better than the conference USA they used to play. in. I feel like, but they got one seeds out of there. So hard to, hard to say that. Um, I feel like looking at the bracket, central Florida really fell apart. They don't look like a huge test to Memphis. I think it's, it's a two lane matchup in the semis, which, which could be a little complicated. Um, but I don't know necessarily that Tulane are going to get through Memphis and then Houston as well. I don't think Cincinnati or Temple can really get through Houston or, or knock them off on the way. It just feels like Houston's going to meet there. Whoever you think is going to get there from the bottom half, you're taking a big risk of that, that second game uh, with Memphis and Tulane um, potentially. So I think it's Memphis or nothing for me. And, and I don't know that I really want to gamble to that level though. If you think about it, Memphis against Houston on a neutral um, are they getting more than four and a half to one odds to win it? Um, probably not. I think today's money line was probably in like the 270 range, I'm guessing. Uh, maybe a little bit shorter than that. But um, that was at Memphis, though. Yeah, true, true. So that, that'll that that'll climb um, certainly on a, on a neutral court. But um, Houston looks uh, primed and ready, I got to say. So uh, I think they deserve their price. Yeah, the problem for me is and I, I actually kind of like Tulane. Uh, and Tulane swept Memphis this year, so I, 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 I mean, like hey, the way okay. I like the way they match up. The problem is Tulane in the two games that they played Houston were like what everything Tulane does, Houston shuts down. Like it doesn't matter. So Houston won by twenty, uh, and then they won by thirty. So they are kryptonite for Tulane, who I think is a pretty good team. They just aren't built to beat the Cougs uh, and to win the conference tournament. If, like that's what you're gonna have to do somebody's gonna have to beat that team i don't see it I, I could see memphis giving i think memphis would give them the best game but again i, I like the way Tulane matches up with memphis so I, i'm i just can't find anybody to to go against the cougs with here so uh and minus 300 just uh, i don't it does nothing for me um it, it actually may be a good a good bet i'm not saying it's not but it's it's not one that i'll be making certainly all right. Uh, I, like I said, I'm going to reiterate my best bet, and then we'll let you give yours. I, I'm going to go with San Diego State plus 150 to win the Mountain West. It's not a sexy number. It's not like a, a big home run, but I do feel like their side of the bracket just it, it lines up for them to be in the finals. And if you've got a team in the finals, that's that's half the battle. So uh, I, I like San Diego State. All, all the other the other teams that I like in that tournament are all on the uh, the bottom half of the bracket so uh, i'm gonna go with the aztecs 
and Brian Dutcher to get the job done in the Mountain West. Where are you headed? I'm going to go to the ACC, uh, circling back to what we touched on first in this pod. Um, NC State feels like too long of a long shot to me. Uh, Currently seeing them at six shortest odds to win the tournament. Um, Have a a first round bye, but then get through a fairly, I mean, of the the four teams that have double buys, I feel like Clemson is is the weakest, especially considering how well they were playing beginning of the season. Marketing really didn't believe in them. And uh, I think the market has been proven right later down the stretch. Um, Could be a first tough match, maybe a little more complicated than you'd want with Virginia Tech. But uh, if NC State gets through there, I feel like they have two guards that really can't be stopped. Uh, If they shoot well, they have a good couple days in Greensboro. Um, They could beat anybody. And um, who knows if if whoever North Carolina or Virginia gets through, um, I doubt Boston College or Louisville have much to say there. Uh, But you only have to beat one of those. And then you get... Um, what likely is a knockout match of Miami and Duke in the uh, conference semis. And who knows how that's going to go. But uh, I, I think either of those teams, NC State has shown they can play with uh, at 10 to one odds. I was looking at certainly shot for the best number you can find. Uh, but I feel like it's a little bit too far for a six seed. Yes. In the ACC. Um, but I feel like they deserve better odds than that. Uh, and, and I like that. I'll, I'll put that as my best bet. Um, almost went Penn State, but uh, I had to, to reel it in a little bit. All right, man. Well, uh, hopefully we've kind of given you a guide, at least some some teams you can look at if you're betting the futures on these things. And remember, always consider these money line rollovers. There, there may be value in those. Like Villanova is a team that I'm looking at. Like I, I don't see how value couldn't be better in a money line rollover than what you're getting uh, in the market right now. So uh, just be careful how you play these things. Shop around because, like I said, the numbers are, are vastly different from book to book. Uh, this is a lot less liquid market than, say, a, a you know a game on a Saturday or, or like an individual game, certainly. So uh, just shop around, and and a lot of the, you know, a lot of the remember the the I guess the risk that the books have like on certain teams is already booked into or baked into whether or not they have a chance to win this tournament at all. So, for instance, you know, a, a team like Michigan, who if we say that they're probably not going to be in the tournament unless they win the tournament, any risk that the book has on Michigan to win the NCAA tournament is going to be accounted for with the number that they post on Michigan to win the Big Ten. Because if Michigan doesn't win the Big Ten, they don't have to worry about all that. So just just do your best to shop around and, and find the best numbers. Uh, Griffin, you got anything else before we get out of here, man? I know we're going to do a special episode on uh, Tuesday and look at some of the games that are, are matched up. Uh, try and try and get a few games in before we, uh, we come back for a selection Sunday episode, but you have anything before then? Nope. I'm just, uh, I'm getting real conference tournament horny right now. And uh, I'm going to be looking at Penn state for a very long time. Um, please respect my privacy. All right. Well, um, there you go. Uh, <laughs> thank God we do Zoom without video here because uh, I, d- I didn't want to see Griffin without his pants on. Uh, Griffin, thank you, man. Thanks to you guys, the audience, for riding with us all year, even through weekends like this last weekend where I stunk. Absolutely. Uh, but hopefully we all bounce back together. And um, yeah, let's uh, let's get it done for these conference tournaments. And we'll talk to you on Tuesday for a special episode. Take care.